0: Not some anonymous being in a distant place, and to define in no uncertain terms the consequences of inaction. Let the battle begin.
1: Michelle Woodhouse, you are the inspirational leader we need at this time in our nation's history. We've talked about Madison Cawthorn, and I think that's, I can't say enough good about Madison. And uh, we're going to work very hard, obviously, to make sure he's reelected. But talk to all of us about the threats that we now face from the left in our own backyard.
2: For the last uh, probably eight weeks to 10 weeks, we've really been seeing some press noting Stacey Abrams may be coming. To North Carolina, Uh, and about four weeks ago, we really saw that take a a really strong shift. She's here. Uh, Fair Fight and her Voter Integrity Program have have really they've set up camp. They last week in Atlanta, uh, Biden, Harris, Abrams, Ossoff, and Warnock all met, and and they were not comparing NCAA brackets. I assure you, to see how far your Wolverines were going to go, they were there laying out a plan. As you follow, and Lynn Wood had a great article that came out today on it as well. As we follow what Stacey Abrams did in Georgia and how deeply that was entrenched in the Valerie Jarrett, Eric Holder, Barack Obama policies and funding, um, they saw how it worked. And what she did in Georgia was completely legal. That's what makes it so disturbing. And she has, North Carolina had a great night on election night, shy of a few races. In general, North Carolina did incredibly well, but they see North Carolina as a swing state, which it is, but they see, the left sees North Carolina in a much more purple light. And uh, because of the Charlotte area, Wake County, Orange, Durham, New Hanover, Buncombe, we know there's about 10 counties that are deeply blue and their plan is very clearly laid out. They're coming into North Carolina, setting up camp here, and we'll be doing a Registration drive in our urban communities. Now, what scares me and what should alarm every one of us to stand up, take action, and pay attention is the Democratic Party has a new state chair. Her name is Bobby Richardson. And Bobby has proclaimed herself, she served in the General Assembly. She's from the eastern part of the state. And she has proclaimed herself the North Carolina Stacey Abrams. That is what she's calling herself. And her focus. Is not only to implement Stacey Abrams' playbook and her initiatives in the urban communities, but to go after the rural communities. She sees the rural areas as an opportunity to focus on low income voters that live in rural communities, get those unregistered uh, voters to vote and register Democrat, or to get the unaffiliated, which we know is the largest group, the largest voting block in our state, to convert over to the Democratic side. So in North Carolina, they're going to take a two prong approach, which is different than what they did in Georgia. We saw how it worked in Georgia when Stacey Abrams lost to to Kemp in the gubernatorial race, which she's still never accepted defeat. She launched this program and her goal was 500,000 registered voters in the state of Georgia. She had 800,000 first time voters and most of those voters voted by mail-in ballot. And we know that's where the wheels fell off the wagon in Georgia. And those voters not only voted by mail-in ballot once in, in stealing the state from Trump and sending those senatorial races into a runoff, they did it in that runoff and put two of the most liberal, and I would I would contest that Warnock is the most liberal, uh, senator in the chamber. So her plans were executed really quite flawlessly, and but they were really quite simple. What makes her a threat for us in particular in Western North Carolina Is when we look at our population makeup, if she's able to even garner a 15 or 20 percent growth in in Democrat voting in Boncombe County, it's very difficult for the remaining 16 counties to make up that delta. It becomes a math problem for us. So this is why it's so critically important that Republicans have a very specific plan that we are um, turning out. To vote and support top to bottom. Madison will be the top of the ticket for us in NC11 in 2022, but the judicial races are critical. Our district attorneys, the school board, county commissioners, sheriff, the left has shown us in, in 2020 that, that they figured out how to take it from the top. What we need to be paying very close attention to is there is the plan for them to come from the bottom up. Because you know, in a, in any of our counties, but look at Cherokee, if they were to if they were to take your school board, your sheriff, your county commissioners, the city council, uh, at that point, even even with Madison winning, what it does to the local community is so devastating that it it, it puts us in, in such a, a a difficult position going forward. So Republicans have to be paying attention top to bottom. Republicans have to be getting out of their house and voting. We don't have. I know people are upset and they're questioning the election but Republicans cannot sit home. We had over 500,000 evangelical Christians didn't vote in 2020. Now, whether they didn't vote because they didn't like the way Donald Trump tweeted, or I don't know why they didn't, but we now have this because they chose to stay home. Republicans have got to stop this ridiculous idea of we're going to stay home and protest because we, we don't like Something about our candidate or some of the candidates, and we get our feelings hurt, we have to buck up and go vote. Because I mean, I hate a rhino as much as the next person does. But the fact that we have given over the White House, Senate, and Congress, it's happened before, but we don't have Google, Facebook, Instagram. Um, we have lost control of the media. Republicans are, and conservatives are in a very difficult spot, and we have got to get engaged. This is no time for people to sit home and and feel like they have their feet.
1: You know, this this really is an enormous difference between the two parties. Uh, the Democrats are are a true big tent party, and they demand or enforce in some way unity They may they may squabble all the way down to the to the voting booth. But once they're in there, they pull the the lever with the D on it and whatever they have to do. Uh, And the Republicans, they become more of single issue voters is what happens. And so one thing will stand out in the mind of a group of people. And instead of thinking clearly and rationally, of the consequences of sticking only to that issue and not seeing the bigger picture. That's really what we're dealing with, is that you cannot be, you cannot win if all you can think about is one thing. You have to understand the overall big picture. So the question is to you, uh, Michelle Woodhouse, is how do we go about doing that? What do we have to do to educate our people that we need a vote in order to maintain individual freedom?
2: Well, you know, I think it's it's a multi-pronged approach. I really do think it's, um, you know, they say it takes seven, someone being exposed to something seven times, a message seven times before it changes their behavior. I think we need to look at how we're reaching our folks and to me, it's a bottom up. It's very grassroots. It's education. It is engagement. Uh, what I'm finding as I go across this this district campaigning, every event I go to, whether it's a dinner in Cherokee or a breakfast in Henderson County or a, a lunch meeting in Buncombe County, a, a breakfast in Yancey, it doesn't really matter. Everywhere I go, new people are showing up. They are so concerned about what's happening in. In their country, you know, I say it's very much like put me in, coach, put me in, coach. People are looking for an opportunity to engage many people who would have never self-identified as Republicans. Many people here who would consider themselves southern lifelong Democrats. But the Democratic Party has abandoned them. This is not you know, this is not a Republican Democrat environment anymore. I think it's a love America, hate America environment that has become our two party system. So we I think that one of the most important things is we have to be ready to plug people in when they show up because they're showing up and we we need to welcome them in and and help them to understand and educate them around the platform of of the Republican Party. It, you know, I, I say it's very much like when you talk to people about coming to church, you don't pull out your King James Bible and beat them over the head and tell them that they're going to hell. You just start to talk to them. And so to me, this is a one on one start to educate and talk and get people engaged and plugged in and help them to understand the ways that they can serve. Some people would they they just want to know, how do I how do I get involved with my local party? What can I do about the school consolidation issues going on in Cherokee County? What can I do about the drug issues happening in Macon County? Many people will have one issue that brings them in. It's their call that, that brings them in. And we have to find a way as a party to do a much better job of welcoming them in and engaging them. I think in 2016, the Republican Party um, had a big miss when Donald Trump won and he won through unaffiliated voters, people much like my parents who haven't voted for a Republican since Ronald Reagan. My sister and her union friends and family that, that live in Michigan that hadn't voted for Republican since Ronald Reagan, Donald Trump spoke to them. He engaged them. He spoke to a voter who may never have voted Republican, would never consider themselves a Republican or a conservative, but they saw their country disappearing under two terms of Barack Obama. And the Republican Party missed a golden opportunity to pull those folks in. Instead, we had people that started to segment into never Trumpers and people in the party that were working against him. Um, his first 100 days, he spent more time fighting fellow Republicans than he did Democrats because they didn't want to work with him. And and some of those were local um, congressmen that we had that were struggling with working with President Trump. And we, we have to stop as a party focusing on Um, all the you know, the one thing we might disagree with a fellow conservative on and focus on on the ninety nine things that we do agree on and find a way to engage
1: and plug people in. So but my question to you, Michelle, can you identify a single unifying issue around which everyone will gravitate so that you can bring them in? That to me is the key. They come for for issue A, issue B, issue C, whatever it is. But what is it you sit down and say, I know this is what's of concern to you, but here's the big picture. Here is what we are fighting for. And this is what changes everything. Obviously, election integrity is important. And to me, that's an issue. But what I'm talking about is an overriding concept, an overriding philosophy Mm -hmm. that everyone can sign on to. For me, uh, it is one question. Who owns your body? Who do you want to make decisions about what happens to you in your life? Mm -hmm. That to me is an overriding issue because that's that's the battle we're facing. Mm -hmm. It's a battle between collectivism and individual freedom. That is the battle. That's where the lines are. All these other issues are just issues along the way. Mm-hmm. What's more important is you say, I know you're re- worried about that, or about election integrity, or or whatever. But the real question is, do you want the government telling you what your life is going to be like? Do you want the government making decisions about how your entire life is going to be spent, or do you want to make those decisions? for yourself. Absolutely. To me, that's that is the message that the conservative movement has got to bring forward
2: when and individual freedoms are are the central point of of the Republican and conservative platform. It's what it is. It's small government versus big government. It's why I, I call these stimulus checks, enslavement checks, the government, their entire plan. I, I grew up in in Detroit, and I watched it happen there. They, The government's plan, and we're seeing it, we saw it with Obama, we're seeing it now with Biden. They want uh, you to be dependent on the government because if you're dependent on the government, you will never vote against greater dependency. And if you would have asked either of us, um, or Tim, if you would have asked any of us 15 months ago, would you be living in a world where you had to wear one or two masks to walk into a grocery store, we would have thought you were
1: crazy. This pandemic will never end.
2: Absolutely. And and we'll never know. I don't believe we'll ever know the truth around the biological warfare and China's involvement and the the DNC's involvement in the planning of this whole thing.
1: So you are running for the chair of North Carolina's 11th district. So what are you going to do to make it all happen for us? (laughs) Well, and and let me just say something. You're you're up. You're coming up against an election election. That's a Zoom convention on April 10th, starting at 9 a.m. How do people make sure that you get elected as chair of the 11th district?
2: Well, if they've been seated as a delegate in their in their county, then they will be able to vote. Um, We have four conventions left, Henderson County, Transylvania, Mitchell and Avery. But if you have not yet been seated, um, unfortunately, this round, you won't have an opportunity to vote. But. If you've not been seated as a delegate, please reach out to the county chair where you live and let that person know that you that you are supporting me as the district chair. Um, what we will do is I think fundamentally this is really about growing involvement and engagement across all 17 counties, as I shared with you, the, the number one responsibility of the district chair is to keep the congressional seat red. That's the number one responsibility, and we will do that. Um, we will work very closely with whomever the conservative is that is the comes out of this primary on the Senate side to make sure NC11 carries that. What, what our congressional district does really does drive what happens in the state. We do uh, have an incredible influence. But I've been talking with district attorneys who are endorsing me and Uh, Commissioner Josh Dobson, who is a resident here, other commissioners, state, some of our state senators and House representatives really across the district, because those races are coming up in 22 as well, many of them. And we have to make sure top to bottom conservatives win. We need to make sure this is a 100 percent red wave in 2022. Uh, The counties need to be very engaged in the municipal elections. And we will be supporting through that effort. Additionally, there are a lot of things in each of each county across this district, boards, um, different I- within your community that are not elected positions, planning boards, and different commissions that conservatives can get engaged into. And we're asking you to find a way to serve. Some of the cornerstones of what we'll do: we will have eight committees representing the, the counties and I think these are great ways to plug into specific areas one will be around fundraising because we've got to raise money we talked about how much money gets poured into these races it's critical that we raise money we will be vetting and recruiting conservatives um, to make sure that our candidates that we run are true to the platform and re-electing conservatives across the district we will be focusing on judicial races legislative and senatorial uh, Raleigh races and, and then making sure we have conservatives on the bench. And then we'll also be building out a communications infrastructure, which I think is going to be critically important for us right now as a conservative. If you moved into our congressional district, you moved to Cherokee and you want to find out how do I get plugged in with my local Republican Party? It's almost impossible. We don't have a centralized communication um platform. When you look at our our website, it will be completely renovated. Our social media presence will be completely renovated. We've talked a lot about Madison. When Madison puts something up on Instagram, 600,000 people engage with it each time he puts something up. NC11 doesn't have an Instagram page. So we're not able to reach those young people in the district that he's communicating with. So we will have a multi-generational approach on communication, uh, which will be critically important to um, to reaching voters.
1: Michelle Woodhouse, outstanding candidate for the chair of the GOP NC District 11 position. Uh, I endorse you with all my heart. Uh, I will pray for your election and I'll be happy to help you in any way that I possibly humanly can. And again, thank you so very, very much for being a guest on Freedom Forum Radio.
2: Thank you for having me.
0: And that concludes another episode of Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum. Join the battle on our website, www.drdansfreedomforum.com. The right to own private property that cannot be arbitrarily confiscated by the government is the moral right and constitutional basis for individual freedoms we <laughs>